Welcome to Iodine Intelligence, empowering intelligent care. Welcome to Iodine Intelligence, a podcast dedicated to empowering intelligent care. I'm your host, Lauren Hickey. Every year, Iodine Software conducts a client-wide cohort study measuring various key metrics in the clinical documentation integrity space and the impact that Iodine has had. Today, I have two great guests joining me to review the most recent cohort study of 2022 data uh, and explain the metrics, the methodology, and discuss our findings. So first, we have Joshua Taub, Iodine's Chief Compliance Officer. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, Lauren. And then also joining us today is Brad Wenzel, Iodine's Chief Customer Officer. Thanks for taking the time to join us today, Brad. Thanks, Lauren. So let's dive right in. First, Josh, just to give our listeners some background information, can you tell us a bit about the why behind the cohort studies? What was the impetus towards tracking client performance and return this way? Yeah, certainly. So the cohort studies actually started as an internal initiative in 2017 because we just wanted to understand how uh, aware CDI was, was impacting our customers and how their key measures were, were trending with their adoption of aware CDI. Um, and when we started digging into the data and looking at that performance, we realized that we had something, something special, um, not necessarily with the absolute results, but rather with the consistency of the results. And I think when we, when we look at some of the graphs and some of the metrics uh, in a little bit, I can, I can point out exactly what some of those observations were. And can you tell us a little bit about the methodology and how we conduct these? So as I mentioned earlier, this is, this is client-wide, so it's really you know, quite a feat to pull all this data together. Yeah, um, so first off, we do conduct multiple cohort studies. They're often presented together. Um, some of them focus on productivity improvements associated with uh, you know, specific aware CDI modules and others report on the overall impacts to performance that are experienced by Iodine customers throughout their journey with us. Now, for all of the cohort studies, we do follow a general overall methodology. And the first one is um, we compare before Iodine baseline data to data captured with Iodine, where we're typically looking at the most recent uh, CMS fiscal year. So the data that we're about to look at today, for example, compares CMS fiscal year 2022, which ended September 30th, 2022, against baseline periods that uh, vary by customer depending on when each facility adopted AWARE CDI. And then once we identify all those facilities, we actually include every single one of them in the study for which we have both baseline and measurement data for at least two months. We make sure that we actually have a material amount of data in the in the pre-period, the baseline period, and also the measurement period, um, and we don't exclude any facilities. So as long as we have the data, they get included. And I think that's really unique about our, our overall approach. Um, mm -hmm. Another aspect of our overall methodology, and this is consistent across all, all the cohort studies, is that we only compare like months. There's seasonal variability for many CDI-related metrics. Uh, and we actually touched on this uh, with some graphs in our most in our recent CMI webinar, if you want to take a look at that. Um, but you know, to prevent these expected seasonal variations from impacting our results, we only compare a given month in the measurement year against the same month in the baseline year. For example, we would compare 
you know, January through March 2022 against January through March 2021, but we would not consider a comparison of January to March 2022 against October through December 2021, which is a continuous time frame. Uh, we would not consider that as a, a sound comparison. Mm -hmm. A couple other quick details uh, for DRG-based studies. Uh, we only use the measurement years CMS DRG tables, and we do that so as not to uh, be impacted by the natural, I'll call it inflation of relative weight that we see year to year. If you look over the last 10 years, I think the CMS tables, average relative weight goes up uh, between, I think, one and a half and three and a half percent year over year. So we don't want that to be be included in our, our observations and our, our studies. Right. And, you know, finally, um, you know, we perform our analyses from, you know, it might be a unique vantage point. Um, and so we take the vantage point um, really of this question. We pose the question that, you know, if the CDI team performed during the measurement period at the level they were performing before iodine in the baseline period, what would that performance have been? And what is the difference between that model performance and what was actually observed? And doing that instead of just comparing straight before and after periods really allows us to isolate and focus these studies, isolate them against you know, a number of influences, influencing factors which are outside of the CDI program you know, sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. So those are the general, uh, general methodology points to our studies. Yeah. And Brad, why do you think more vendors don't do cohort studies like this? Because iodine is pretty unique in calculating and sharing this kind of client-wide data. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you heard from Josh, there's a lot of different data points that we have access to with our customers as we help them understand the performance of the program from productivity mm -hmm. to financial metrics. And it really, you know, the unique position we're in is we have really consistent um, results across many different hospitals and many different clients across the country. So that gives us the ability to have that consistent um, and really strong results to understand um, how things are performing against each other across and share that with our customers to really give them the right performance metrics. So it's a unique situation. We have consistent metrics and we have access to different types of data that are able to do this. Mm -hmm. All right, so while we have you both on the line, want to take this opportunity to sort of go over some of the metrics, walk us through some of the numbers. So first, Josh, can you walk us through iodine's impact to normalized query volume? Yeah, sure. First, let me introduce this metric because mm -hmm. uh, there, there are some nuances which uh, you may not be familiar with. So a lot of, a lot of health systems talk about query rates. And depending on how they calculate that query rate, uh, we may not, they may or may not all be talking about the same thing. Um, right. We also look at query rate, we call it unique case query rate, which is a measure of the percentage of cases that have been reviewed that are ultimately queried. And that's interesting from a CDI efficiency perspective, are CDSs looking at the right, uh, the right records? But if we wanna focus on the overall output from a CDI program, Query volume is really the metric to focus on because for every query that is agreed, accepted, and leads to documentation change, that is making the record uh, more accurate and then driving all those downstream uh, downstream impacts we expect from a CDI program: more accurate reimbursement, more accurate quality reporting, and and uh, so on and, and so forth. So normalized query volume is a measure of the incremental queries that have been sent 
comparing you know, a measurement period, in this case, fiscal year, or fiscal year uh, uh, 2022, against the baseline period that spans the year immediately prior to each facility adopting aware CDI. Now, the normalized uh, word in, in the title here, uh, that reflects an adjustment for CDI staffing over time. Because staffing allocations can change over time, we adjust the baseline query volumes for any changes in staffing between the baseline and measurement periods. And in this way, we're able to model how many queries we would expect each facility to have sent in the measurement period as if they had the same staff they had in their baseline period. And it's similar to our overall methodology of looking back and saying, hey, how would the team have performed in the measurement period if they were only at that level of performance as they were before iodine? And so as we can see in, in, in this slide here, in 2022, iodine customers more than double their query volumes as compared to each customer's performance immediately preceding their adoption of where CDI. Right, and that, so you're talking about doubling the normalized query volume. So the median impact was 136% lift. Why do we use the median here instead of the mean? Uh, yeah, so we, we actually use both, Lauren, in, in different, mm -hmm. different situations. So here on these slides, um, and throughout our cohort studies, we typically talk about medians because a median shows or reflects what the average or typical hospital has experienced with regards to a specific uh, a specific metric or measure. And it's useful to convey what you know the average hospital's performance might be like if they tended towards the you know the middle the typical hospital in a, in a cohort. We use means whenever we need to perform calculations. So mm -hmm. based on our average expected return models and other calculations we may we may have. And we need to do that because uh, medians uh, would not work in the calculation because different hospitals would represent median performance for different values. So in our cohorts, we look at different variables. There are often independent, right? We, for example, we're looking at normalized query volume here. Another cohort study, we might be looking at impact to MCC capture rate. If we looked at the medians across those two measures, they would more likely than not come from two different hospitals. And so you couldn't combine them in a calculation. Mm -hmm. So it's not because it's not statistically sound or perform calculations that way we use means whenever we're, we're creating a model. Right. So here we use median because we're really just trying to call out this is middle of the road, literally performance. That's exactly right. And Brad, rubber meets the road. What does this increased productivity, these higher query volumes mean for clients? Yeah. You know, Lauren, there's a couple of different scenarios out there, but, you know, it really comes down to higher productivity um, is really about more efficient and effective processes. And that mm -hmm. is clients continuously see as they use these tools. And we have many examples out there, but of client examples of success and changes in kind of how they structure and their work um, team. Um, but one of the couple examples just to, to share with you, we've had a client and they have a team of 17 CDIs. And after implementing IDA and they increased their query rate from 21% to 35% using mm -hmm. only 
of their staff. And right. so they accomplish a lot more. They're more efficient um, with less people. But that provided a lot of opportunity, too, for uh, organizations we worked with. And, and we see them find the opportunity to redeploy that staff, give them different areas or workflows that they can now t accomplish. So doing second level reviews, looking at workflows like mortor mortality reviews, collaboration with coding and other departments. So it really expands the opportunity for CDIs to really dive deeper into different areas that they did, didn't have time before um, by having, you know, being more efficient and really productive with their work streams. It also, we've seen a lot of client satisfaction within their teams. Um, mm -hmm. There's the able the ability to really work on top of license with their software and and really you know improve um their reports and and charts and really you know give the attention to the areas that they need to, to be doing there um so it's really about the ability to follow up with queries it's less burdensome for the query authors and and really allows them to interact specifically in the areas they need to and then the last point i'd make is is really about the consistency you know mm -hmm takes the variability of kind of workflow and, and methodology and approach by individual CDIs and really allows the consistency to be there across the department and allow those leaders to really think about you know, education opportunities or improvement of uh, and look at performance gaps or efficiencies or approaches to their work streams that could be improved. So a lot of different benefits have come out of how our customers see not only the efficient and effective processes, but also the benefit to the staff, the workflows and just overall satisfaction in their jobs. Right. And so, Josh, what is the impact on physician response rate here? Because um, administrative burden is already high on physicians. Um, what happens when a CDI program starts sending twice as many queries? You know, I can imagine, you know, there are some physicians out there who um, are maybe a little alarmed <laughs> by that prospect. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, we tend to, and depending a bit on Interact, which I'll get to in a moment, um, we either see the response rates more or less stay steady um, within a couple of percentage points. It can go up or down by a couple of percentage points. Or for those customers that have adopted Interact as well, we actually see a significant increase in response rates as well. So we're sending mm -hmm. up to twice as many queries, and the physicians are are not they're not they're not voicing any fatigue. Um, mm -hmm. but, Right, and so we have some metrics on the slide here, sort of some of the the impact that some of clients have seen with Interact. Um, and you know, this is a decrease in response time. This is a decrease in time to review and respond to a query. This is all in the face of an increase in queries from concurrent, correct? That's right. And I think that you know th this graph showing the decrease in response time actually mm -hmm. it, implies a bit you know the why behind uh, the physicians are okay with receiving so many queries it's it's easier to respond they can do it on their own time they've got this nice app on their phone that they can interact with so we make it so easy for the physician to respond to a query it no longer becomes a burden to them and that's evidenced by both this you know almost 17 hour savings in median response time and also by the fact that uh, you know, for our Interact customers, uh, they've actually improved the response rates by, you know, a lot of them are actually at like 98 or 99 percent response rates coming up from like in the 80s, um, mm -hmm. you know, despite the fact that we have really increased the query volumes. Right. And so, Brad, Josh mentioned, you know, that this creates a more convenient 
um, workflow for physicians and that allows physicians to respond faster and also to more queries. Is Does this align with what you're hearing from customers and their experience with Interact and rolling it out and implementing it with physicians? Yeah, absolutely. Josh um, highlighted a little bit about, you know, it is a really a physician satisfier. And, and we've seen that over and over of their satisfaction with it, that not only the, the response time and, and, you know, of using it, but they're really happy with it. And we've seen hospitals really take advantage of that to think about, you know, that physician engagement and, and, and driving um, programs around this as part of an initiative to really help those physicians in, and, and really package it up as a, a give back to them as something that makes their lives easier. And that's what we're trying to do is give them tools to make their lives easier, but be efficient and, and productive of what they need to get done. And we have a large health system in the East Coast that, that did just that. And they launched a large program around joy of medicine to really give that joy of medicine back to physicians as there's so much physician burnout and mm -hmm. so many opportunities and, and needs of their time throughout day. This is really important to make sure that whatever we're delivering, and this is a great tool to really help them ease it and get the work done they need to. And we've seen that with you know, responses out there with class that said Interact was related as, you know, related as the top five or top five favorite application by providers. Um, and this is a tremendous, you know, satisfier that we are really happy that we're able to deliver such a great product and, and really see them satisfied and, and using it to benefit their business as well. Mm -hmm. So before we move on to sort of the other metrics in this cohort study, I want to circle back around to normalized query volume really quick, because if you look on the very far left, um, you'll see there's sort of a few of these negative bars, which this is really sort of the side effect of when you show everything, it's the good and the bad. So before we move on, Brad, can you just sort of to our listeners explain, you know, what's going on here? What are some of the reasons why um, query volume might actually dip after implementing iodine? Yeah, there's many different kind of topics that we've seen here. One, it's kind of a loss of the executive team and, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, around what things are getting done. Um, loss of more tenured CDI staff. There's a tremendous amount of turnover sometimes in these departments or changes. Um, so, you know, losing that knowledge and losing that ability to understand the workflows and need retraining is, is, is time that we help and step in as we see these sometimes and really can, you know, change the trajectory there as well. Um, so there's a lot of different, you know, aspects of it that a lot of times comes down into just training and engagement and management over the departments of things have changed and there's a lot of priorities that pull their attention in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to move us on to unique case query rate. So Josh, you sort of uh, referenced this a little bit earlier. Um, so first, why do we do both? What is the sort of significance of calculating normalized query volume and unique uh, case query rate? Yeah, we, we, we look at both to make sure that we're, we're providing as complete a picture as possible. Now, mm -hmm. As I previously mentioned, unique case query rate uh, is an indication as to whether or not the team is looking at the right cases, whereas normalized query volume is more of a measure of the overall impact or productivity of that team. And it's really important to consider both and to look at both um, because you can, you know, a, a, a team can really game one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. You can improve query rate by only choosing the one or two cases to review every day that you're really certain you have a query from, right? You can really push up the query rate, but that would tend to drop your overall uh, query volume, which would obviously not be good for the hospital 
And similarly with query volume, you could increase that by throwing a lot of staff at, at, a, at, a, at a program, but that wouldn't be very efficient. So by looking at both of these and making sure that iodine has consistent positive impacts to both metrics, we can make sure that you know we're driving as much value with our customers as as really as is possible. Right, and because concurrent um, has prioritization of you know these are the cases with the highest likelihood of opportunity. It's really sort of an indicator also of the prioritization tool working and pointing CDI specialists to the right cases. Yes, that's right. Um, and so for you know some of our listeners who are, are don't, can't see our screen right now. Josh, do you mind walking us through some of the numbers that we see on the screen here? Yeah, uh, certainly. So on, on average, so once again, the median or the, the tip of the hospital uh, mm -hmm. increased, uh, yeah, ex uh, experienced an impact to query rate of uh, a 42% impact. So if they had a 30% uh, you know, a, a query rate before iodine, Increase that by you know 40% relative 42% relatively so that's what another you know what's 40% of 30 it's uh it's, it's 12% so it increase it to 42% um mm -hmm. so it's 30 to mid 40 percentages that's that's what the what's illustrated here and by and large you know the majority of facilities are are experiencing an improvement so 80 80% you know four fifths of all facilities are getting an improvement with their unique case query rate. And Brad, why isn't the unique query rate higher? So if we're, if folks are using a prioritization tool, why aren't we seeing something like, you know, a 300% lift where people are essentially querying every single case that they review? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it really comes down to query hesitation. You know, it, it is something that requires training, adoption of best practices, and really it's a paradigm shift within the leadership, um, you know, aligning to their metrics and understanding, you know, what is the right measurements? When should they be doing it? And do they have the right tools to understand, you know, when to make that decision? Um, querying is subjective decision by every query author. So even across teams, some CDSs see that they have to query and others have need additional information and really need to think about and, and, and wait till they, they make that action or take that action and step. So it really is about the comfort level of the CDSs as well as you know really making sure that they have the proper training and understand the best practices to really adopt. And, and that's the leadership you know decision and really approach downward that needs to be adopted in organizations. Mm -hmm. So Josh, we have talked about um, you know lifts in productivity, increases in queries written, but it's not just about you know how many queries are you writing. It is also about what is the impact of those queries. So can you walk us through you know some some of the metrics that we use to tr to measure the the impact of additional queries and of a CDI program? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so when we look at productivity and the you know, the query volume increasing. Um, you know, that, that's really a bottoms-up perspective. We also mm -hmm. conduct what we call top-down perspective. So we look at all the discharges for the facilities and we compare some key metrics um, before and the after periods, just like in all, all of our cohorts. But here we're looking at uh, things like MCC capture rate analysis and GMLOS and also sometimes CMI as well. Um, the, you know, the, the theory there is that as the documentation gets addressed and more accurate reflects the true acuity, the true severity of the patient population, 
um, we would expect these figures to all go up because sort of systemically just across the industry, there is an overall under documentation challenge. That's, that's why CDI exists today, right? And so the more we can make, you know, we can improve productivity of the CDI teams, the more we expect MCC capture to go up, the more we expect CMI and GMLLS to, uh, to go up as well. And so, what were what are some of the numbers that we're seeing here? What was the what was the impact seen by iodine clients? Yeah, well, right in line with our productivity numbers, the vast majority of facilities experience an, an improvement in MCC capture. On average, mm -hmm. they're increasing it by almost seven percentage points, uh, which ultimately yields an additional increase in MCC capture volumes. So the number of cases that have an MCC by you know 27%, so more than one out of every four or four cases there. Mm -hmm. You have similar stories when we look at you know CMI or GMLOS. Um, CMI, we're actually we actually are focusing less on CMI these days just because you know CMI, though common across the industry, it's a common metric, especially for CFOs, it's influenced by so many factors outside of the purview of CDI. We really think that it's not the best metric to be focusing on. So we're, we look at that less these days. Um, GMLOS though, uh, once again, 84%. So almost as many, almost as many facilities as experienced uh, an increase in MCC capture, experienced an increase in GMLOS. And GMLOS is a good indication as to whether or not a hospital is really getting credited for uh, not financially, but in terms of um, how much effort it takes to care for a patient, getting the proper credit for the acuity, the severity of their, their patient population. If patients are underdocumented, uh, then it'll appear that they should stay in the hospital for shorter periods of time. And of course, the challenge then is their actual length of stays are whatever they're going to be clinically. And so there could be a gap there. And so to the extent that we can get the hospital the appropriate credit for the severity of their patient population by increasing that GMLOS or supporting an increase in that GMLOS, um, the, the, the better it looks for the hospital, right? Because we're, we're, not, we're not in the line of patient care here. We're all about documentation. Right, and Brad, Josh sort of touched on this already, but I'm hoping you can dive a little deeper for us. What is the thinking behind measuring CC and MCC capture rates um, and the, the impact there through using iodine? Yeah, you know, Josh did touch upon it a little bit, but just to kind of expand there, you know, CDI programs are usually interested in measuring their impact in capturing patient acuity, as Josh said. You know, that has a lot of different impacts that, you know, flow down from reimbursements with patient acuity, risk adjustment, quality rankings, and the list goes on. So it's a really important aspect that is, you know, continues to make an impact across the business if it's not done right. And so measuring, you know, CC and MCC capture rate, it's one way to measure acuity. It's a way to compare against the other facilities in a standard way um, and these hospitals and facilities and really gives them that one metric to, to look at. Um, additionally, it's, you know, the goal here is to really make sure we're capturing the complete story of that patient. And, and by getting all the codes and, and CC and MC capture rate, you know, increased, you know, it really helps to understand the full complete story of that patient and their interaction, their patient acuity. Right. So CC, MCC capture rate is really a measure of patient acuity. As you said, you can make the argument that CMI is really a measure of the same thing, but as Josh mentioned earlier, there are a lot of factors that influence CMI, you know, your service line volumes, your med surge volumes, your patient population, whereas 
CC MCC capture rates is a little bit more directly tied to your CDI program, correct? There's less yeah. factors influencing it. It's it's directly tied to the CDI activity. It's their ability, you know, from querying to to directly link to the activities that they're doing. So it is a way to understand and, and that performance and understanding and comparable across the organization. Mm -hmm. So Josh, we've talked about how um, more queries translates into more CCs and MCCs and improved GMLOS, but it also translates into more dollars, right? So um, iodine actually has two ways to calculate ROI, one of which is um, productivity-based. So hoping you can walk us through sort of how we calculate this and the, the, the impact that we've, we saw for in 2022. Yeah, certainly. So this is, a, this is an example of that bottoms-up approach. But really what we're looking at is what are the potential number of incremental queries that could be issued by that by you know by the hospital or were issued by the hospital if it's for an existing customer and then we apply um some observed uh you know uh, observed uh metrics to that to figure out hey how many of those queries are likely to have a financial impact and here we see across our cohort we've got just over 40 percent of them having a financial impact and of those that have a financial impact what was that impact as measured in you know, CMS, MSDRG relative weight points. So we're seeing that for those 42.3% of queries that had an impact, the average impact was an increase of relative weight for those cases by 0.49, so just under half of a relative weight point. And then getting to there to a financial uh, impact is simple, uh, you know, product of, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, that aggregate number of queries times the 42%, times the half point, times whatever the base rate, the blended rate is for that facility. So here we model a $6,000 base rate, which is uh, pretty conservative across uh, across all the facilities in the US. And so what was, you know, you, we have all these numbers, you crunch the numbers, what was the financial impact seen using this productivity model? Yeah, so in, the, in this model, uh, the bottoms up impact was just under 2.4 million. And that's for just an illustrated uh, hypothetical uh, hypothetical facility with uh, um, 10,000 admissions uh, with 100% DRG payer mix. Right. So if you're if you're a bigger hospital, if you're a smaller hospital, you know you you adjust the math. Yes, right. It would scale. Right. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we actually have two models. The other model is based off of MCC capture rate. Correct. Correct. So this is a top down. So before we were essentially uh, quantifying the impact of each net new query that uh, iodine helps drive. Here, we're not looking at the queries at all. Instead, we're just looking at, hey, what's the volume of MCCs that are being experienced with iodine? Has that compared to what was being experienced before iodine? And looking at that impact on, on finances. Um, and so that's that's what we're looking at here. We're actually looking at this on a per program year basis. So we're looking at hey, what was the average experience for each facility's first year with iodine versus the second year with iodine versus the third year with iodine. And we also contrast that against you know the most recent period, which is the CMS fiscal year 2022 that we look at in the rest of the study. And the key takeaways here are that uh, the MCC capture uh, it, it impact. Um, is not just consistent, but increases over time 
as those facilities get more used to, you know, their II workflows and become more proficient with the tool. You know, looking at everything from what a $1.15 million impact in the first year up to the $2.4 million in their last year, which is right around the same number that we saw from the bottoms up analysis. That's that's no coincidence. We expect those to be fairly similar. Um, and then if we look at across the entire cohort in our most recent year, which includes everything from hospitals that have been with iodine for just you know the minimum two months they need to be using it to be part of the cohort up to I think our oldest hospitals longest tenure six and a half or seven years um, mm -hmm. we're seeing you know across the board an average of a three and a half million dollar improvement when we look at the difference between the MCC that they're seeing today compared to you know the volume of them that we were seeing before iodine. And this is on an annual basis. So that 3.5 million, that's annually additional appropriate reimbursements for clients. That is that that is correct. And once again, this is based on uh, that same fictional facility with 10,000 mm -hmm. annual DRG admissions. Um, now here, this is important, this model is a 70-30 uh, med surge split um, because when we're looking at the, the, uh, the, the DRG data, we do make that, that delineation in our, in our models. Right, and this is additional revenue that hospitals weren't capturing before. So, you know, they're they're seeing these patients, they're delivering this care, and they're not getting paid for the care that they're delivering. Uh, if they don't have, you know, accurate documentation that's fully inclusive of all of the patient acuity and all of the patient's care. That's, that, that's exactly right. So on CMS fiscal year 2022, if all 431 iodine facilities had been operating at the same level with respect to MCC capture as they were immediately before adopting iodine, they would mm -hmm. have on average uh, been reimbursed $3.5 million less for that, that 10,000 uh, admission facility. Right. Well, I think that that is going to do it for this month's episode. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next month with a new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Lauren Hickey. Thank you for listening.